0: Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wws.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Barnhart.
1: And hi there. Welcome to another Penny for Your Thoughts. Coming your way here from our studios, WDWS News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, Great to have you with us at 9.06. Man, we've got some fantastic weather. Headed for a high of 66. Nice and dry. Great harvesting weather. Great weather for about anything. A little chilly in the morning, but hey, it's fall. It's late September. Good to have you with us. Glad you're with us. However, wherever you might be listening here uh, this morning on this uh, busy Wednesday, we've got an open line here this first hour. I am going to check in with a, a friend of mine down in Naples, See how things are down there in Florida real quick. We'll get a quick uh, You're Looking Live, as Brent Musburger used to say, at, uh, down in the uh, Naples area. And, of course, the hurricane about to hit, about to come ashore. So I think it's up to, what, Category 4 right now. So we'll keep an eye on that. Open line the rest of the hour. Second hour will be joined for a while by Tricia Crowley, president of the Champaign County League of Women Voters. Recent proposal for recommendations for Champaign County Board and county government in general. So we'll talk to her about that. Some news on Carl and Etna to get into. State Senator Scott Bennett will have him on next week with some proposed changes to this uh, Safety Act. We'll have State Senator Chapin Rose on with us tomorrow to talk about, among other things, Carl and Aetna and kind of uh, what he's learned there as far as the state uh, insurance for retirees in the state of Illinois. So we'll cover all of that. Uh, Next uh, Wednesday, Judge Jason Baum will have uh, Scott Bennett and Julia Reitz on back-to-back. Scott in the first hour, Julie in the second on the Safety Act. So uh, news on that. Got a coach's show tonight. We'll have Coach Bielema with us. We'll have Chase Brown, the nation's uh, leading rusher, with us as well. Coming up tonight, and Quan Martin in the secondary. So we've got a full day here uh, this morning on A Penny for Your Thoughts with you until 11 o'clock. All right, uh, we go live to Naples, Florida. My friend Ron Fillers down there. How you doing, Ron?
2: Hi, Brian. How are you?
1: Good. You hanging in there?
2: Yeah, we're um, we live in Naples, yep. and we're about 11 miles east of the Gulf. So the wind gusts are around 45 to 50 miles an hour, lots of rain. But I think we're going to be safe. Uh, for your audience, so those who are familiar with Sanibel Island or Captiva Island, the eye of the storm is about to hit those islands within the next 30 to 45 minutes. So.
1: Yeah. I feel
2: you've got to be concerned about people slightly north, up, just north of Fort Myers area.
1: Yeah, I would hope those people would have left. I would hope.
2: There's been an evacuation orders up and down the coast for the last two days, and I'm watching local TV, and there's still people walking and driving. So you know, you can't convince everyone to to leave.
1: That's right, Ron Filler with us from down in uh, Naples, Florida. Proud U of I alum, living down there now, and. Uh, spending some of the time anyway down there. Certainly, it looked like for a while it was going to go right to Tampa, right? And then it kind of came a little further south.
2: Yeah, the original projection was Tampa and then Sarasota, but it's about 60, 70 miles south of that area, just north of Fort Myers. Uh, The direct hit is going to be an area called Fort Charlotte or Punta Gorda. Mm -hmm. And I think you uh, were just around there not too long ago. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Somewhere down there, yes, but uh, I know Venice uh, was an area too. We've been down there before, so that's that's just a little bit south of Tampa, too, right Sarasota.
2: No, Venice is about thirty miles south north of where the direct eye will be hit the state
1: okay, okay, so you feel okay though where Naples is, uh, you'll get a lot of rain and maybe some surge, but uh, you're a little further inland anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean, the biggest fear up and down the whole coast is the storm surge. I mean, they're projecting anywhere like where we are, and we're south of the the eye. They're projecting 5 to 10 feet of storm surge, but up in the Fort Myers and Fort Charlotte area, they're projecting 12 to 18-foot storm surge. So the flooding is always the biggest concern. You're going to have property damage, but we all hope and pray that no one gets hurt individually.
1: Absolutely. So up here, and you know, you were, you've you been up here. I mean, we look at it, and we think, oh, my goodness. Uh, we, we probably react to snow the way Floridians act to hurricanes, although this is a dangerous one. But how do Floridians handle all of this, typically?
2: You know, uh, the stores are empty with water and everything else. <laughs> People just cheer up. It's, you know, the worst, thing, worst fear is you can lose electricity. And you want to make sure you have food and water that's not have to be refrigerated. Uh so that part has already been taken care of and people are well prepared. But um, you know, it's the it's really the big concern is flooding, um and the hope and pray that uh not too much damage will occur. But you and the storm will be heading toward Orlando after it hits shore, so um, I'm sure all of you, are, your audience, is familiar with that part of Central Florida. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they've already shut it down, I guess, and shut down the airports yesterday. So, um, but sounds like you're going to be okay. I mean, the winds will be high. How high could the winds get? I guess.
2: Well, here it's going to be in the 45 to 50 mile an hour winds, but up north, the mm-hmm. speed of the of the hurricane is 155 miles. Right. 157 is a category five, so it's just a couple miles an hour less than a hurricane five. So I feel sorry and concerned about the people who are in the direct path of the hurricane.
1: Hmm. Well, a lot of people we know live down there, Ron. Uh, you're a friend of ours, me and Leanne, and I know a lot of folks that uh, from here that live down in that area, up and down the coast.
2: There are 5,000 Illinois alums in this area. Is, is I'm that right? We hope and pray that they and everyone else is safe.
1: 5,000 Illinois alums. Wow. Right. Yeah. Well, Ron, stay safe. I appreciate the uh, the live look in here. As Brent Musburger says, you're looking live. So.
2: <laughs> well, thank you, and uh, best wishes to your audience.
1: Yes, and uh, thanks for uh, coming up for the football game recently and, and all you do, so thank you.
2: I, I will be there for the next one. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: thank you, Ron. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Ron filler, friend of uh, Leanne and mine down in uh, Florida who uh, a generous donor to the University of Illinois and a g- guy who's um, if you see that um, band tower that Barry Houser, uh, Houser, uh, uses there if you drive by on on uh, fourth is it, yeah first Street I guess uh, with the uh, where the marching line I practice, there's a Ron and Paula filler tower that uh, Barry Hauser uses. And so I've known Ron for many years and living down there in the Naples area. Hopefully he'll be okay, and everybody else will be. If you have any loved ones down there, uh, feel free to let us know how they're doing. Or if you're down there listening, let us know. Or maybe you're hunkered down somewhere else. 914, let me get an opening break in. We're back with more here in uh, just a moment. Hi, this is Colin Lykus with the News Gazette. Join us tonight
2: for the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC, live at 6 p.m. right here on DWS. 9.32,
1: 9.32, Want a penny for your thoughts, 217-356-9397 here, our open line up until 10. Trisha Crowley will join us, League of Women Voters here of Champaign County, about some of the recommendations they made for county government, if you have some thoughts on that. Uh, if you're out in the fields, uh, let me know where you are. Uh, you can uh, let us know you're out. picking corn or soybeans or whatever's ready. Uh, just say hello there, and that's kind of an open invitation for the next month, probably. <laughs> you can do that anytime. time. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the harvest as we go as well. Our news update as we check on the hurricane here, brought to you by our friends at First Mid Bank and Trust. So let's get an update from CBS, see what's happening down in the Gulf, and then we'll come right back. 36 here near the end of September. We'll have a flashback Friday, by the way, in the uh, 10 o'clock hour, last hour of the last Friday of the month. Coming up, Hutchcraft Van Service, longtime sponsor on this uh, radio station, and we're pleased to have them on Penny for Your Thoughts. 1953, the Hutchcraft brothers, Orrin and Gerald, became agents for United Van Lines. At that time, a new carrier launched to meet a growing demand for national moving services. Today, they're proud to represent the company and offer their customers all the services available through United Van Lines. Over 50 trucks, vans, and trailers, liftgate trucks, trailers for heavy items, household goods, relocation, storage capabilities. I've been to their uh, warehouse. It's awesome. They're on uh, Lincoln Avenue. Uh, They can help out with students, short-term and summer storage for students, office relocation, record storage service. And whatever your uh, location, uh, new location may uh, be or where they take you, our relocation specialists prepared to make the process run a bit more smoothly and exceed your expectations along the way. They specialize in local moves as well as across uh, border moves. Joined with the United Van Lines in 1956, decades of dedicated experience providing them with the expertise to make moves as painless as possible. So they can help with all of that, Hutchcraft Van Service, Uh, They're here in Urbana, 1614 North Lincoln. You can give them a call, 217-328-3333. They're also located over in Normal. They're on College Avenue, but uh, a lot of folks know them around here in Urbana. Been here a long time. Appreciate their uh, sponsorship of Penny for Your Thoughts. Hutchcraft Van Service. All right, uh, 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-3515-357. How many of you know your neighbors very well? Now, this is a good neighbor day. Uh, Most of us, 57% of Americans, say they only know some of their neighbors. 57%. Know some. Two-thirds of us feel comfortable enough to leave a key with a neighbor. And I found this interesting. Folks who live in the country are more likely to know their neighbors compared to people in big cities and even the suburbs. I could see that. But uh, it is a Good Neighbor Day as far as that goes. Been celebrated uh, since the early 1970s. And uh, Jimmy Carter signed uh, the act proclaiming National Good Neighbor Day on September the 28th. He did that back in 1978. You don't need to have a close friendship with your neighbor to recognize they're a good person. Does your neighbor mow your front lawn when they're doing their own? That's just not a good neighbor. That's a great one. (laughs) And National Good Neighbor Day, a day that's been designed to encourage us to be good neighbors. That way you can build thriving communities Now's the right time. Today's a good day to let them know you appreciate their efforts and you're glad that they are your neighbor. Won't you be my neighbor, Mr. Rogers used to say, right? All right, uh, 940 at News Talk 1400, DWS. I mentioned uh, State Senator Scott Bennett will be with us uh, next week. Uh, He's uh, proposing a bill here in the veto session coming up that broadens the conditions that would allow the court to deny pretrial release. The charge would mean life imprisonment for the defendant. There's a serious risk the defendant, when released, would pose a danger to any other person in the community or will not appear in court as required. If there's a uh, serious risk, the defendant will obstruct or attempt to obstruct justice or threaten, injure, intimidate jurors or witnesses. So you can read about that in the uh, News Gazette. So uh, check that out, Senator Bennett proposing safety act clarifications. He was on yesterday with uh, Dave and Ed, talking about that a little bit. But we'll go a little more in depth, and you can uh, throw your questions at him next Thursday at nine o'clock. Julie Reitz will follow up in the ten o'clock hour. All right, nine forty-one at DWS on a, a penny for your thoughts. We go to Jam and Jimmy Bean.
3: Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you today? Good, sir. Great. I uh, have a really good friend of mine who I used to play in a band with. Uh, his name is Drew Hogue, and he's a farmer. Yeah, um, Farms about 1,500 acres around uh, 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 Fairmount and such. Um, and I just wanted to uh, remind all the farmers out there, you know, and to thank you all so very much for all the hard work that you all do in helping to feed the world, and to please be... Extremely safe during uh, during the harvest. I I know it can be really dangerous also, and so uh, I'm just hoping and praying for the safety of all of our farmers. I used to work a pretty dangerous job myself. I was a union rigger and did you know concerts where I worked up in the steel, um, hundred and hundred and fifty feet in the air, uh, making points for the light and sounds at concerts and stuff, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And every time. Before we did a show we had a safety meeting um, and uh, it seems seems kind of boring and rudimentary after a while but it's so important just to remember you know that uh, things can happen and if they do in an instant things can go really bad
1: Oh yeah um, yeah I'm amazed you know I grew up on a farm uh, you know how many different scrapes I had and how many more times I could have been seriously injured that I wasn't yeah I mean, you know, it, it happens fast it's uh yeah
3: it can be yeah. dangerous well we're glad that you never did get seriously <laughs> yeah. injured and you're still here to be the voice of the Illini and just again I'm praying for and hoping for all of our farmers to have a safe harvest this year
1: hey very good Jimmy
3: all right have to a good to hear from here. you
1: thank you sir appreciate yeah. it yeah if you're out there harvesting or you're about to get in just say I'm out wherever I'm out north of Tolono I'm out whatever just let us know where you might be here throughout the fall. Uh, hi, Brian. I have to question the caller's assertion that from Mary Shank's articles, LPR license plate readers are proven to be very effective. There have been over ninety-seven incidents of shootings in Champaign this year. Mary Shank has published one article where has helped apprehend a shooting suspect. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the number. I'd have to ask Mary. Uh, specifically on that but i do know i've had uh, sheriffs in here i've had other law enforcement folks who have said that they really appreciate the lprs that they have been a big help so i'll take it from you know their word that you know if you're going to argue about how many numbers compared to how many shootings i suppose you can but i'm just saying that most of the people i know then i know several that are in law enforcement have all pretty much to a man or woman have said yeah it's a big help and it's a tool in the in the tool belt that they like to have available to them. 944, Newstalk 1400, DWS, 93.9 FM. If you haven't checked out the FM side of things, make sure you do that, too. I had to remind a couple of people about that. Yeah, we are we are on FM, you know. So uh, 93.9 FM, you can hear us even better. All right, uh, 944. Let's go back to the phones here on this Wednesday, and let's see. Ursula, how are you?
4: Oh, I'm hanging in there. How about you? Good.
1: No hurricanes here, so that's good.
4: Yeah, yeah, we're blessed. Thank you. Uh, the thing is, I'll be a curmudgeon today. Uh, somebody's got to stop some of this stuff that's on TV. Okay, this is a free country, this is free this, this is free that. I think it's getting out of place, out of whack, when we have people in the afternoon uh, gyrating and showing how to gyrate, you know, in, uh, oh, well, they had short shorts on or whatever, or bathing suits and then tops, and they were young women, and uh, we were practicing this show on TV. I can't remember the new show, what what her name is. Um,
5: hmm.
4: It's a, uh, a black actress, and now she took over for... The show that used to be on. I, I hmm. you know, when you get old, you forget <laughs> names and things. It's, it's
1: not right. Whoopi Goldberg, is it? Not Whoopi yeah. Goldberg. Huh? Not Whoopi Goldberg.
4: No, um, I, okay. no, I don't think she'd be in that kind of a show. Right. Uh, but anyway, and so you know, they're practicing this gyration, and uh, like. I think that's what strippers used to do. I don't know. I never went to a strip show, but maybe I should see to make sure
1: so this is one uh, of the like the afternoon shows that like yeah, the, one of the new where, shows where they interview and, people know, and
4: it, it, yeah it's a okay. variety type thing ah. and uh the woman is the head of it but anyway uh, it's just unsuitable. There have been all these new shows, and they really the only thing i i can watch okay i'm a grouchy old woman i guess but is uh, you know wilderness things i watch a lot of public television i listen to uh radio a lot more than i did before so uh you know and so it's just impossible we cannot be this um i mean sexual on tv i mean these kids are so confused. How come all these kids committed suicide, go on drugs? How come we have such big drug sales? If we don't take them, there won't be big drug sales. So apparently it's okay with everybody to just go ahead and do your own thing, and there's something wrong with that. We have to have rules. Rules are rules. uh are consequences not to follow to them. You know, when I... Okay, used to be I used to understand the, the 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 words to a song. I'm the Perry Como, and that era and mm-hmm. Natra and all of that. Okay, my nerves were not as shut up as these young people are. They have to be busy all the time or do something all the time, not necessarily advantageous to society. And then uh, you know, and it's the music also that. How can you listen to these vibrations coming over and you don't even know what they're saying, and then be calm by that? You're not. So I'm going to stop because everybody probably would say, "Oh, she's just a party pooper." But we better start turning things around a little bit. I know there are a lot of young people coming up that are absolutely fabulous, and then there's some that think they have to, you know, uh, burn the oil from both a candle from both ends. Well, we're going to have to settle down a little and start being responsible because this is not going to do our society any good. So that's my fourth sense. word.
1: There you go. Hey, thank you, Ursula. Yeah, bye-bye. Okay. And somebody tells me the show she's thinking about is the uh Jennifer Hudson show. J Hud. So, uh Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, I I couldn't think of who it I knew it was probably one of those afternoon shows for, you know, where they have guests on and do different things and uh so that must have been it. So, Okay well, yeah, that's um, interesting thoughts and I know that some people didn't like um, what uh, Dick Clark's American bandstand when it came out and other people didn't like soul train when it came out and the dancers and different things that were going on. so I guess it's uh, it's a little generational in a sense, but uh, I understand what uh, you know her concerns, certainly and uh, those that's her opinion. So there you go. That's why we have penny for your thoughts right? Uh, Hi, Brian. I'm harvesting on small scale today. I mentioned just tell me if you're out harvesting today at all. I'm harvesting small scale today for my garden today in Sydney. Even with the cold temps, it's still producing lots of veggies. Thankful for that. Have a great day. Appreciate that. Back in a moment on Penny for Your Thoughts.
3: Just keep breathing.
1: 52 on this uh, Wednesday. I'm kind of a day ahead. I didn't, I didn't work Monday, so today is Wednesday. Got to remember that. Got a coaches show tonight at Papa Dells. We'll have Brett Bielema there. Be there from 7 to 8. We'll also have Quan Martin from the secondary and uh, Chase Brown, nation's leading rusher, will be there as well. Hi Brian, talking about neighbors. We live on the in the country on a dead end road. We're the last house. One of our greatest blessings is our wonderful neighbors. The last four families on our road are very close and help each other out whenever needed. This is one of the few reasons we don't move out of Illinois. It's because of the good neighbors. And uh, hi Brian, any thoughts with the Boise Stort? Uh, back it up. Any thoughts where the Boise State quarterback might transfer to? Wherever he goes, he'll be very good pickup. He will be yeah I um everybody's got a transfer quarterback right <laughs> including us with Tommy DeVito so yeah that's uh, pretty common I don't know the way the way the transfer portal works now um, everybody seems to have uh, several transfers I think Wisconsin I was doing some homework on them they have uh, two or three members of the secondary one's from Kentucky. I think one transferred in from UCLA. These are 60-year guys in the secondary for Wisconsin. They even have a 7th-year guy on their team in Wisconsin. And they got a couple of 5th fifth- or 6th-year guys on their offensive lines. So a lot of experience, several transfers. Everybody kind of uses the portal, some more than others. Illinois and Wisconsin, uh, Saturday morning at 11 All our game day coverage at nine, Saturday sports talk will be an hour early at eight, and we'll come your way from Camp Randall Stadium, which is the fourth oldest football stadium in the country. They tell me. I think it opened in 1917. Now there, where there was uh, some soldiers during World War—I mean, during the Civil War—there were some soldiers there, and I think they used it as well during the World War II if I'm right, um, as a camp of some sort, Camp Randall. It's a great old place up there in Madison. 9.54 on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Another break for the top of the hour. More from CBS on the hurricane coming up here in the next few minutes.
0: It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart.
1: And we're back, hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. Keeping an eye on all of the uh, hurricane activity as it uh, happens down there in Florida. We'll do that with CBS throughout the morning. Uh, you can join us. going to talk county government here for a little bit. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, uh, talk at WDWS.com, anytime during this hour. Tomorrow, uh, State Senator Chapin Rose will be on with us. We'll talk a little more about this uh, Carl and Etna uh, situation. He knows some of the backstory on that. And Friday, we'll do a flashback Friday. State Senator Scott Bennett and Julia Reitz next week, coming up in a week. I think it's a week from tomorrow. And uh, Judge Jason Baum with us as well. Next week, as it turns out, a lot of legal folks, a lot of legal expertise coming in in the next week. And Jim Dye in the mix somewhere there as well. All right, uh, 10 after 10, headed for a high of 66 today. The uh, League of Women Voters of Champaign County uh, released recently to advocate for change in county governance structure. And that release came out a little bit ago, so we've got uh, with us today the uh, president. Of the League of Women Voters of Champaign County, Tricia Crowley is with us. How are you?
6: Fine, thanks
1: good. for having us. Good morning. to have you here, and uh, Deb Busey as well. Good
6: morning. Good morning,
7: good morning to, good to you. Be here.
1: Yeah, yeah, good to be here. So uh, you put together a group of folks to talk about county government. Yeah. So was this a big group, or how did you come about? Tell me, kind of give me the story there.
6: Well, the league um, does uh, is obviously a interested in good government Um, and Deb and I have both had long contact and and uh, working with county government and, and we both had concerns and so um, we started talking about um, studying it in a league fashion. And um, so we started off with a task force of league members and community members. We really wanted to involve members of the community. So uh, in addition to Deb and I, who were co-chairs, we had uh, Steve Beckett and Lynn Warfel and um, Sam Banks and mm. um, some – and. Uh, some other members trying to basically represent all different um, facets of the community. And so um, we started off with a consultant report and then uh, the task force um, took the results of that, but mostly considering their own sometimes very lengthy experience with the county to come up with some recommendations about the structure. And the main issue was Uh, the new structure of the elected county executive, which came in uh, four years ago. Mm
1: -hmm. And as you studied that, what were some things that you found?
6: Well, the um, new structure of elected county executive was voted in in uh, in 2016, and uh, then the first elected county executive uh, took office in 2018. And when that uh, uh, vote took place, there were actually two propositions on the ballot, one for the elected county executive and one for another form of county government, an elected countywide board chair. And both of these um, propositions received more than 50 percent. And I think one of the things that indicates is there were a lot of people who were unhappy with the way the county was going. And I don't think there was very much of an educational campaign to tell people what the difference between these two was. Mm-hmm. And so um, due to some you know, sort of statutory features, the elected county executive was was um, implemented over the other form, which was an elected board chair. Um, so this is the first uh four years of it it's an unusual structure only in one other county in illinois has it and so we were interested in how well it was working mm-hmm. and determined we didn't think it was working very well yeah
1: well it seems like and you can both talk if you want you know just about uh, darlene kleppel is who was elected yeah um as it turned out and i know she talks has talked quite a bit about how she's like okay this doesn't seem to be working mm-hmm. Part of it, I guess, and maybe you can explain since you've been in county government and been around it, uh, there just seemed to be a struggle between who the chairman of the county board and the county executive as to, like, who could do what or who had what authority to do what. Is that kind of what, what yeah, that, you found? Yeah,
6: and um, partly it was because it was new, but partly it's because the statute that governs it didn't tell them a whole lot of stuff because mm-hmm. only one county's ever done it. They just do it their way and uh, so there eventually there was a lawsuit that now is in front of the Illinois Supreme Court I mean they were so the county board and the elected executive were so far apart they just you know had to resort to a lawsuit which is really not very helpful (laughs) for for good relations with each other so um,
1: because was it Will County was the other county that yeah had this type of uh, yeah yeah set up
6: so and they've been they've done that. Uh, it's been that way for a long time. So they sort of have got their own way of doing things. I think yeah. that's
1: part of it. So I wonder what's going to happen with the Supreme Court the, on this. I guess we don't know, do we? No,
6: I think it's been argued. I, um, it's been up there for a while. So we'll mm-hmm. see. And uh, we'll see what happens. And um Part of the problem is, although that's one case, there are several other issues where they were where the elected executive and the county board were at odds. This was just the one they went uh, to court over, but there still mm-hmm. remains a, a number of sort of um, uh, you know mm-hmm. points of
1: difference. Tricia Crowley is with us, uh, who is the president of the League of Women Voters of Champaign County. Deb Busey with us, part of this uh, panel that was put together to uh, study county government. And uh, one of the things that you did call for was to go with the county board being elected, the county board chair being elected.
6: Right, right.
1: So why why would that be more effective, or why do you you think that would work better? So, Deb, if you want that one.
7: Well, the um, elected executive is given a lot of administrative responsibility through the statutory guidelines, which is ultimately then removed from the county board. And... um, and the executive is given a lot of discretion about how they implement those kinds of day-to-day operations under and that's a significant amount of responsibility um, the county has a hundred twenty five million dollar budget you know has something like seven hundred employees and the person who runs for elected executive is not required to have any credentials other than they live in Champaign County and got enough signatures to get on mm-hmm. the ballot. Um, under the countywide board chair, uh, the the board chair is the leader of the county board and um, the board maintains a responsibility for developing the budget and personnel management and those kinds of administrative responsibilities and what counties do throughout the state is hire a county administrator a professional administrator to carry out those responsibilities on behalf of the board that ensures that the person assuming those responsibilities has the right educational experiential credentials to be able to to assume that that type of job and be the leader that the county needs to ensure, you know, success in day-to-day operations. The other part of it is the county administrator reports to the county board so it's very transparent. The administrator really can't just do what they want to do, they have to follow policies and procedures that are established by the board to ensure that you know all of the goals of the board in in operation of county government are achieved. And so for us that was one of the major differences. Most of the larger counties, Champaign County is the 10th largest county in the state, most of the other larger counties use that countywide board chair structure where the county board then hires a professional administrator to manage the day to day operations. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it creates a lot less tension mm-hmm. than the executive county board system seems to create. Um, seems to at this point create, yeah. So
1: we've got an election coming up. So whoever's elected as the county executive right now will have that office. This won't take effect until what four years from now is that well well, it won't
6: take effect until after there's a a referendum on the ballot and the voters approve it and uh, so that can't happen that has
1: to happen first that has to happen first and
6: it can't happen until 2024 so this is not going to be an immediate fix so the person who's elected in this election will have a four-year term and Mm -hmm. uh, so and we can see a couple more years of what of how it works out and uh, with a different person which Um, which you know may well be um, more uh, less divisive but uh, we still think that a a leader of the board who is the real leader of the board with real responsibility and authority is a better system Mm -hmm.
1: so you're hoping to get this on the ballot in a referendum yeah in yeah. a couple of years yeah and in 2024
6: you yeah. can put it on a, a referenda can be put on the ballot either by the county board itself which is what we would ask them to do or mm-hmm. by petition of, of, of voters mm-hmm. and so
1: one of the other proposals you had was eliminating the elected office of county auditor and assigning the auditor's duties to other offices so tell me about that
6: well the uh The county, unlike cities, has a number of independent elected officials. Some of them are optional under the statute. They don't have to be elected. Um, Some of them are mandatory, like the sheriff, the county clerk, and the treasurer can't be eliminated. But the auditor is an optional office, and most counties don't have elected auditors. Mm -hmm. Um, And... One of the things that we found, um, and this was reported in a survey of elected county auditors, is the public does not know what the auditor does. Um, The auditor is the one who pays the bills for the county. So every bill that's paid has to go through their office and be a check to make sure it's in the budget and that kind of thing. And so it's a very inward-facing position. The The public doesn't know what the auditor might be uh, how they're doing because they don't have that daily interaction and there's no job requirements uh, anyone can be elected county auditor now our current auditor has a CPA and that's good but mm-hmm. it wasn't uh, that wasn't true of earlier ones and it's not part of the statute so yeah. so we're looking for um, a system that is more under control of the people who have to work with it the county officials and the and the um, administrative staff and the people who have to have their bills paid yeah on time so
1: <laughs> yeah, i think george danos is the current auditor right, just yes. elected right yes. and he does you're right he has a cpa which mm-hmm. we've had uh, over the years we've had people in treasurer's office or other places that didn't really weren't financial people i guess yeah they were just elected because they lived here yeah and they wanted the office yeah
6: yeah and uh, yeah, and so it's not a question of um, George's performance. It's a question of the structure right. of the office and the history mm-hmm. and um, and the statutory requirements being so lacking. Those are the reasons we went with that.
1: Mm-hmm. 1021 here with our guest. We're talking Champaign County government. Your thoughts, certainly welcome. 217 uh, 356 Text line at 217 And you can email us, talk at wdws. Dot com. We'll come back with our guests, talk a little more about this as we continue on a penny for your thoughts here in a moment. Football. You will never
5: find him where the rest go. You will find him, you'll find
1: him next to me. All right, on a penny for your thoughts, next 1024. Nice and sunny out there, headed for a high of 66. Hey, one thing you want to think about here, if you're with uh, Roost by Roger, one of our sponsors here on Penny, the washing. Roof Washing and Peak 301 Treatment. Roof Washing destroys moss, algae, and before they destroy your roof, improves the look of your property and curb appeal, increases the life of your shingles to get that done, and you can save thousands of dollars over early roof replacement. And roofs are not cheap, by the way. Peak 301 Treatment, environmentally friendly, soybean-based formula, developed by Iowa State University that restores the molecules of your shingles, extends the life of your roof by six years guaranteed. Roof's already in good shape could see a 10-year increase in the life of their shingles. It can save homeowners 80 to 85% compared to roof replacement. And the pliability of shingles even more important during colder temperatures here that we're headed for. So you can uh, check out all the information on this, the roof washing and Peak 301 treatment. Maybe it'll help you save a little uh, time on your roof. 217-834-3800. And, of course, if you had any hail damage here recently from the hail storm, make sure you reach out. Two roofs by Roger as well. 217 1026. A little more on the hurricane coming up here from CBS, visiting with Tricia Crowley and Deb Busey as we talk Champaign County government. Your thoughts certainly welcome. Uh, one thing I hear a lot is uh, we have too many members on the county board. <laughs> 22, I guess it is now. We were talking earlier, Deb, it was bigger a few years ago, right? Right. Yeah,
7: it was 27 up until 2012.
6: The county board has an opportunity to um, pick how many members it has every 10 years after the census, Mm -hmm. and it's actually required to go through a process of saying, how many members are we going to have? How many districts are we going to have? Um, And uh, this last time in 2020, as we know, the census was very late, and it was running into the election season, so they uh, sort of kept it basically the same, but... Mm -hmm. When we're looking at it, you know, they have um, different options, and um, one of the things, you have to have enough members who can do the jobs, you know, chairman of the highway committee or um, uh, checking the budget or knowing about the personnel system, but on the other hand, uh, too many, and uh, it seems to involve, you know, some uh divisiveness or or that kind of thing you need enough to have all the interests of the county represented like the agricultural and the rural mm. community and the cities um so it's kind of a balance we decided in the end that we couldn't come up with a number um but that we would look at it again in uh 20 29 30 when the census will mm. be will offer another opportunity
1: yeah trying to find that sweet spot i guess of what yeah, the yeah. exact number should be yeah uh, and of course, this is a pretty diverse county because you've got the rural areas, a lot of rural area, mm-hmm. but you've yeah. also got, you know, big yeah. cities right in the middle too. Yeah. So yeah, with champaign Urbana. So how many districts? I'm trying to remember how many districts There's are there. Eleven districts. Eleven districts. Two members in a district. Two members. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
6: And uh, you know, redistricting. You know, that's a whole another, <laughs> another issue of uh, you know, of uh, how should it be done. So mm-hmm. we certainly didn't take that on. So
1: yeah the uh, county coroner's office one thing you mentioned too is retaining the elected office of county coroner which according to the task force is working well in champaign county tell me about that a little bit
7: well the the coroner's office is actually worked working well and unlike the auditor's office the coroner provides service to the public so the voters are more aware of You know what what they're voting for when they elect a coroner you know every four years Um, the option the other option to having elected coroner uh, the statutes would require the county to have a medical examiner um, and that is an individual who is an md who is a doctor and typically that would be more costly to the county and secondly it's difficult to find qualified doctors who became doctors to then become a coroner. I mean, there's a very small pool of interested candidates for mm-hmm. those positions. And so for those reasons, we believe that our current system having the elected coroner is working well and effectively and there was really no reason to change it. And again, when the voters go to the you know, go to vote for coroner, they have a better idea of what mm-hmm. that job is and who they're selecting.
1: Yeah. And the same probably could be said of the sheriff. I mean, True. people kind of get the idea, or a state's attorney. Right. I mean, people kind of yeah. get what those folks do. All of those uh,
7: offices are providing services to our community, and it's important mm-hmm. to the people in the community to have a say.
1: Yeah. Um, so, people that have been on the county board, what kind of experience is that like? When you're on the county board, can it be? It's rewarding, I would assume, in some ways. Probably frustrating in other days, right? Or you're <laughs>
7: yeah, I think a lot of times when people um, take office on the county board, um, they're surprised at the breadth of the issues and and the work that the board is required to make decisions on, um, mm-hmm. and um, and maybe doesn't include some issues that they thought they were going to be able to influence when they got elected to the county board because the board doesn't have the statutory authority to change a lot of things the boards responsible for you know the budget for making sure that the offices function um, mm-hmm. and for um, providing services like the jail and the real estate tax cycle system and, and you know those things that county government is supposed to do but mm-hmm. county government isn't necessarily a place for um, Devising solutions to a lot of social issues, and I believe a lot of county board members. There's some things the board does that will influence those areas, Mm -hmm. but not as directly as maybe they would have believed.
1: And what you hope, you know, it's kind of like a referee at a game. The referee's job is to do his job and not be the focus of attention. Right. And if you're in a treasurer's office or you're in an auditor or you're whatever, and you're getting a lot of attention because, hey, I didn't get my property tax bill on time or I mean there's some basic functions that people get upset about that's where you get noticed and it's like okay I don't want to be noticed I just want to get it done is that
6: yeah, yeah. Uh, county government <laughs> right. is really complicated, but it's also not really highly visible to to citizens. Mm-hmm. You know, if you live in a city, you know what the city does. They have uh, the streets and the fire and the police, and th- those are the things you expect from them, and you can see them every day. Mm-hmm. When you live with the with the county, the county does an awful lot of things, but they're not really visible. For instance. It uh, does a large part of funding uh, funding the court system, you know, provides the courthouse, mm-hmm. it provides um, the clerks and the things for the judges. But we don't think of that as part of the county, but it's certainly one mm-hmm. of the big parts of the budget. So yeah. the county is more, you know, I guess more of a mystery, I think, to many uh, voters <laughs> than uh, than cities are, certainly.
1: Yeah, that's that's for sure. And some people say, and this is an even bigger mystery, I've had people call in and comment, you know, How many levels of government do we need? You know, you have Mm -hmm. the town, what is Cunningham Township, and you have the City of Champaign Township, or you have a town, you know, there's so many layers that people go, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. how do these people figure in?
6: Yeah. (laughs) There's certainly been um, lots of uh, studies and attempts to uh, eliminate township government, but none of them have been successful. So
1: I wonder why that is. Just people. Like it? Like well, the,
6: <laughs> there's a lot of uh, elected township officials whose job would be at, at issue, and perhaps uh, they're yeah. a stronger uh, force than you know um, a voter's concern in the abstract, yeah. I guess.
1: Yeah. Anything else we need to mention? Any? Uh, just what's the bottom line on all this, I guess, looking forward to a referendum? Would all of these things be, in, be put on the referendum, or is there... Do they have to be parcelled out, or, or
6: well, they have to be separate. They're yeah. they're not together. Mm-hmm. Um, the the auditor, for instance, and the structure, the county board um, chair election are completely separate issues. Can go on at separate times. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of uh, the league, the league, you know, the League of Women Voters is nonpartisan. So we, um, a large part of our activity goes to registering voters and educating voters. We have a um, voter education webpage, for instance, called VoteChampaign.org, which has information on all of the people who are being um, who will be on your ballot, and it's non partisan information. It comes maybe directly from them. There's some questions Mm -hmm. that we ask them, and they put their answers on just the way they come in. So those are some of the other things the league is doing right now.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, very good to have you both on. Thank Thank you for coming in and doing this and uh, covering again. I think a lot of times there is a mystery as to what happens in county government. I think these are really, you know, you put in a lot of work on this, I can tell.
6: Yeah. Well, we wanted to have a broad... um, you know, take take a really good look in depth, and also to involve community members in in the discussion too. And mm-hmm. so, um, and so that was the why we picked the uh, the method that we did. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Tricia and Deb, thank you, thank for you for coming oh, in. Thank you. Thanks to yeah. Kathy for helping set everything up too. Yeah, Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. All right, we're gonna get the news in here from uh, CBS. We'll update you on the hurricane. Our news update brought to you by OSF Cardiovascular Institute. Your heart is our mission. Learn more at OSF Healthcare org slash beat here is CBS I don't understand the way
6: you think saying that she's yours not mine sending roses and your silly dreams really just a waste of time because she's mine dark,
1: dark girl is mine ten thirty seven On a penny for your thoughts. Beautiful uh, day out there. Hope you're doing well. Glad you're with us wherever you might be listening. And give us a shout out if you're down in Florida or down in uh, somewhere else and uh, you got some family down there. If you're out uh, doing some harvesting, just say, hey, I'm out here. I'm doing this. This is where I am. You can give as little or as much information as you want. (laughs) We had a pretty good yield. I I mentioned uh, we were getting bushels to the acre. Uh, pretty good when I was down there the other day, so on our place, but I don't know what you're getting, Uh, but you can say better than expected or whatever the case may be. Uh, 1038 at Newstalk 1400 DWS. I appreciate uh, Trisha Crowley coming in and Deb Busey, League of Women Voters, calling for Champaign County Board to go to elected board chair. We'll see if that comes up in a referendum and how it fares as they uh, look at some of their suggestions, having studied it for a while. And thanks to all the folks that participated in that uh, panel, Steve Beckett and uh, Sam Banks and other pretty uh, pretty big names on that panel. So we appreciate uh, all the work they did. All right, uh, let's go to the phones. Is, this, uh, is it Dorothy? Dorothea. 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 Okay, very good. Very good. So
5: I wanted to call about that 2021 Illinois property tax rebate. Well, I heard a little bit about it, but then the tax people, the tax shop called and asked if I knew about it. And they said I could file for it myself or they could do it for me. Well, I wanted to talk to them anyway, so I went in there. And I'm getting uh, back over 200 bucks back. And uh, you can prob- probably find it It's through the Illinois Department of Revenue. Hmm. Illinois property tax rebate. But I thought, and then afterwards, I went to exercise class, and there were about 20 people of us there. And some of them had heard about it. Some of them said they had had a check deposited in their checking account already. Other people hadn't even heard anything about it. But Hmm. I thought, well, so many people um, listened to Penny. I thought I'd just give you a ring.
1: Well, good. I'm glad you did. We'll see how many other people did. So this was uh, this was from the state, right? This was like a property tax oh, yes. rebate. The,
5: uh, yeah, the Illinois Department of Revenue. Okay. The uh, 2021 Illinois property tax rebate.
1: Hmm.
5: Woo! Well, well, get some money back.
1: <laughs> well, you got a couple hundred bucks. You said, huh?
5: Oh, a little over two hundred. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, that's that nice. I I, that I I wouldn't have done anything about. And I don't know if there's a time limit on this thing or not. Somebody Hmm. said October something. Hmm. But I really don't know. Yeah. But the tax people will know everything. Oh
1: sure. Yeah, they do know everything.
5: (laughs) (laughs) They said they're kinda lonely this time of the year.
1: (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Yeah, they're out there wandering looking for stuff to do. So yeah.
5: (laughs) Well yeah, one said he thought he'd try to take a nap in the afternoon, maybe.
1: Uh, that's good. Okay. I like it. Thanks, Dorothy. I appreciate it. Well,
5: thank you. Bye yep. now.
1: Good to hear from you. 217, did you get one of those, or did you experience that, or what? Uh, what's your story on that? And is there a deadline? I don't know. Or does it happen automatically? I know the um, – I forget when it expires. I guess after the election, right? Is, aren't we in a um, some kind of uh, tax relief, sales tax cut, or something right now during the course of the election? That uh, they were pretty generous to give us <laughs> in Springfield. Timing was good. That was interesting, right? So yeah, there's a lot of little handouts right now. It's not much, but a hundred bucks is a hundred bucks, right? What is it? Um, they said in Toy Story, fifty bucks ain't bad. <laughs> On Woody in the in the yard sale, fifty bucks ain't bad. 10:41. News Talk 1400, DWS. We'll get back to more here in just a moment on a penny for your thoughts following the hurricane. Harvest underway. Football this weekend. Uh, got high school football, of course, in the middle of their seasons. Nice story on the Muhammad Seymour golf team today in the News Gazette. You can check that out. We'll talk to Chapin Rose tomorrow, get his thoughts on the Carl and Etna situation when it comes to retirees and state insurance and Medicare, I guess. Do all that tomorrow in the first hour maybe he'll have some thoughts on the safety act he has thoughts on a lot of stuff and we got scott bennett and julia reitz next week on all of that uh, too on the safety act Ten forty-two. back in a moment 1045, on a penny for your thoughts. Good to have you with us. I checked a story yesterday. It says roughly 6 million Illinois residents are slated to receive income and property tax rebates from the state of Illinois. But the process could take some time to roll out. Some residents will want to check their status before waiting too long. Say Those who aren't sure if their money's coming are able to check their status, and those who still need to submit their forms have less than a month to do it. Under J.B. Pritzker's Illinois Family Relief Plan, which was approved in April, one-time individual income tax and property tax rebates now being issued to those who meet certain criteria. Lieutenant Governor Juliana Stratton said the Illinois Family Relief Plan continues to fight inflation and lower costs for people of our state during these challenging economic times. Income and tax rebates are the way to ease the burden and provide support to families throughout the state. Payment distribution started earlier this month, this article from yesterday, but not everyone will receive their checks right away. Distribution will take roughly eight weeks, according to a news release from the governor's office. How much money could you get? Who's eligible? There are two rebates. One is for income taxes, another for property. The income tax rebate calls for a single person to receive 50 bucks, which ain't bad, right, according to Ham. Or a Potato Head. Was it Mr. Potato Head that said that? Yeah, that's right. While those who file taxes jointly are poised to receive a total of $100. Mendoza's office, the Comptroller, said in a news release, residents with dependents receive a rebate of up to $300. This is for income tax. $100 per dependent with a maximum of three. Income limits of 200000 per individual or 400000 for joint filers will be attached to the checks. And qualified property owners receive a rebate equal to the property tax credit claimed on their 2021 Illinois 1040 form with a maximum payment of up to $300. To be eligible, you must have paid Illinois property taxes in 2021 on your primary residence, and your adjusted gross income must be $500,000 or less if filing jointly. If filing alone, your income must be $250,000 or less. And rebates there on the um, real estate. Property, I guess, will be distributed in the method that your original income tax refund was sent. Property owners who completed the Illinois 1040 form will receive rebates automatically. If you didn't, though, there's no need to worry. Property owners can still receive that rebate as long as they fill out the Illinois 1040 form. In order to be eligible, you must submit the form by October 17. So there you go. Okay. Uh, 10.48 on uh, DWS on A Penny for Your Thoughts. And uh, don't know how far 50 bucks or 100 goes, but it's nice to get a check, I guess, right? All right, 10.48, DWS on A Penny for Your Thoughts, back in just a moment.
3: I came up with a million excuses. I thought, I thought of every possibility.
1: just haven't met you yet. I just
3: haven't met you yet.
1: 1050 on a penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM. Good neighbor day today. We mentioned that. Had some stats on uh, knowing our neighbors. We had the folks on from the um, panel that was put together, the group that was put together to study Champaign County government. Did an open line the first hour. Chapin Rose in the first hour tomorrow at 9. We'll do our flashback Friday in the second hour. On Friday. And then we'll get on the plane and head up to Madison for the ballgame. There's a great, uh, the News Gazette had a great tweet last night. They uh, put out from 15 years ago, 2007, and said, Game on, Wisconsin at at Illinois, 11 o'clock on ESPN. And uh, had the front of the sports page that day. And Jim Rosso had a little blurb. And uh, there was an article on the Illinois offensive line, including our friend Martin O'Donnell is in there. Ryan McDonald, John Azamoa, Xavier Fulton, Akeem Millington, big group, paved the way for a Big Ten rushing crown for the Illini the year before. Martin, of course, with us on the broadcast. And then there's a picture of a younger, a Brett Bielema, as the coach of the Badgers. And uh, a top-five team, the Badgers came into town to play the Illini 15 years ago. 5-0, and and the Alani under Ron Zook, were a favorite. Two-and-a-half-point favorite. And the Illini uh, won the game. But the Badgers have won 11 of the last 12. Of course, you had the big uh, James McCourt field goal to win it back three years ago, and then the win in 07, and that's been it. Illini haven't won in Madison since 02, so it's time to get that done. Hey, October coming up. Is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, coming up in October, 17.5 million Americans are victims of identity theft each year. Two-thirds of identity theft crime victims reported a direct financial loss as a result. And criminals may open credit cards, apply for a loan, or rent an apartment in your good name. What dangers do consumers face? Social engineering, phishing, hacking, data breach? How do you protect your finances? Well, password protect your devices. Use unique, complicated passwords I know. I'm with you. How do I remember all those darn passwords, right? And some people use the same one for everything, and that's dangerous. Don't do that. But uh, never log on to financial accounts or shop online using public Wi-Fi. That's something I try to think of doing all the travel I do with the with the teams is I try not to go on private financial websites when I'm on the road because I don't want to use the public Wi-Fi for that review your credit card report annually and bank accounts check out those the best way to protect yourself busey says is to be proactive check out their money matters busey.com to stay informed we're on a penny for your thoughts here this morning uh why8 t- uh, e- <laughs> Jackson and Muhammad says why do we have a tax rebate program just before the midterms I don't know let me think about that oh I know why because it's the midterms and they can do it Hey, And they did it, and they're doing it. Uh, Good good morning. I caught a little of the show, Gene says, this morning, uh, and Tom Bruno was brought up. I missed when he was on the show, and like a lot of people I know, glad that he is not going to be on the city council anymore. I always wondered that except for his way of getting clients, how he seemed to infer that victims and law enforcement were the culprits and lawbreakers were the victims. And when it comes to his take on politics, glad he's just one vote. Thanks, Gene says. All right. Well, thank you, Gene. Appreciate that. Tom will still be around, of course, even though he's not running for city council again. Uh, he'll be around, I'm sure, as a local attorney. But uh, those are some of the thoughts on uh, Tom Bruno. And somebody says the Newport Hill Climb is this weekend 20 miles south of the Beef House, the ultimate car show. It's free. Newport Hill Climb, this weekend, 20 miles south of the Beef House. The ultimate car show, and it's free, they say. All right, somebody weighed in. I think they just saw what I saw. Dave says here, but hi, Brian. For a married couple filing joint, the Illinois tax rebates could amount to $700. $100 for a couple, automatic, if they filed a 2022 income tax to the state. 100 for each of up to 3 children, up to 300 for property tax rebate. Deadline is October 17. Sometimes based on what I've read and you can Google this yourself, so don't don't take my word for it, but look it up. But it seemed like there were some areas where it's automatic, that it's done, and if there were certain things you did or didn't do on your tax form for this year, you have to then apply for it. So it depends. Is what I read. It's a lot more complicated than that, but Deadline is October 17. There are upper income limits. To be qualified can be tricky. The property tax rebate will not be automatic for many, but would require filing another form. The deadline, again, is October 17, Dave says. So, yes, you're right. So I just, if you're interested, you're wondering if it's coming, what your status is, I think you can go online and and, uh, check it out. And otherwise, just wait and see what happens, I guess. Uh, 1056 New stock 1400 dWS 939 FM here on a penny for your thoughts. Uh, a couple of birthdays today. Hillary Duff. My daughter's watched her a lot. man. Hillary Duff 35 years old today. Uh, there's a passport delay apparently for um, holiday travel they're talking about Kind of a backup there. State Department says if you're flying somewhere over the holidays, State Department warning that you'd better make sure your passport's up to date. That's a good thing to check. Now is the time a lot of people renew, and that can mean huge lines and backlogs at the passport office. State Department says they've issued nearly 18 million passports so far this year. And if someone asks for you for a tip, tipping culture is interesting a woman on tiktok says an online furniture store asked if she wanted to leave a tip for an office chair she ordered all by herself (laughs) giving her the option to do one three or five percent bonus she chose zero then there's the woman who went to a brunch in chicago when the bill came the restaurant charged her three and a half percent for quote staff health benefits Would you pay that? And if you want the uh, James Bond Aston Martin, it could be yours. It's up for auction in London. It's expected to get as much as $2 million. That was a cool car, wasn't it? Other stuff up for grabs. Props like a Fabergé-style egg, more cars, watches, and costumes. 61 Bond items in the lot. The auction uh, celebrates 60 years of James Bond Films, and bidding just kicks off today. So there you go. There's some little odds and ends for you at the end of the day today. All right, that's going to wrap it up for me today. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Keep those updates coming. uh, If you're in the fields or if you have friends down in Florida, we'll talk more about it tomorrow. Chapin Rose will join me in the first hour. We'll talk about the uh, Carl and Etna situation and uh, how that's going to work out for retirees and so forth going forward. And uh, we'll do some open line after that tomorrow. Uh, Friday, we'll do uh, sort of an Illini Friday. I mean, it's uh, not a home game. It's a road game, but we'll uh, touch on the Illini in Wisconsin, Got some stats on that for you. And then we'll do a flashback Friday in the 10 o'clock hour, last hour of the last Friday of the month, coming up in a couple of days. That'll be it for September. This is WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Here's the weather. More on the hurricane straight ahead.